Welcome, everybody, to the May version of the YVH podcast. My name is Jeff Thurlow. Hey, I'm Adam Sparlin. Welcome back, everybody. Before we get started, Adam, do you want to get us started with a safety message? Yeah, um, always a great time to, to go over. And let's honestly, we're still doing the we're doing another version of the socially distanced podcast. So I think the same safety message we've been saying for the last couple of months still rings true. Um, always be on a hands-free device. Number one, um, you know, you want to make sure that you're you're not uh, not losing your focus on the road. But then your phones, your tablets, any of these electronic devices you use, remember to disinfect them as well. Uh, you touch those things more often than almost anything else. You get out of the truck, you talk to customers, you come back in and you touch your tablet. You, you know, so they're definitely going to have whatever bugs or nasties you've carried in from outside. So make sure you're disinfecting those. Well, well, before we get started with our first guest, which I'm pretty excited to have on the show, it'll be a first time for him. Um, there's a little bit of trucking industry news that we need to go over. Yeah, yeah, it's actually, uh, you know, uh, amongst all of this stuff happening, uh, the FMCSA, I think, surprised us all with kind of a, a blockbuster release and that they have published the final rule on a new hours of service. So, Jeff, I know this is something that was a, a thorn in your side when you drove. Definitely one for me. Yeah. <laughs> and um, Before we get too excited, though, I think there there might be a little bit of a time gap <laughs> when we this is published and when we see it actually go into effect, right, Adam? Correct. Yeah, there's uh, the only thing that was kind of written down from what I can see is that this has to be published in the Federal Register. Once it's published in the Federal Register, it's 120 days uh, from that point that it goes into law. But unfortunately, there's nothing that says when it's going to be published into the Federal Register. So we really don't know when this is going to go into effect. And so we're not going to dive into too much detail on it. But hey, we'd be doing you guys a disservice if we didn't come out and tell you some of the exciting things that are coming to the hours of service down the road here. You know, it looks a little exciting. Yep. Just on the so, front side of it. Yeah. Yeah. So being being vague, I don't want to give out all the details, anything like that. Obviously, we want safety department to kind of spearhead this message uh, when the time comes for it to be a reality. Uh, but so you guys know what's coming. Expect uh, for your short haul drivers out there. I know we've got a few of you. We've got some dedicated running Dallas, uh, Memphis, Atlanta, we've got a few short haul Joplin. Um, you know, for you guys, your on duty period is going to expand from 12 hours to 14 hours. Uh, and they're, they're going to increase the air mile radius to 150 miles instead of 100. So you're going to be able to run a little bit further, get a little bit, get a little, get a little bit more done in your day. Um, it's also going to allow all drivers under certain adverse driving conditions to extend the driving window by up to two hours. Um, Obviously, that's going to be – we're going to leave that pretty vague. We'll get more into details on stuff like that as the time gets closer. Uh, but, you know, there's going to be a lot of gray areas in that one. We really need to dive into that law and see how it's written before we put anything official out there. Uh, other things. Um, so there's changes to the requirement on the 30-minute rest period. So um, remember that the 30-minute rest period right now, it go, you have to take it within eight hours of going on duty. Uh, it is now going to be after eight consecutive hours of driving time have elapsed, and and it's also going to allow the break to be taken. So your 30-minute break will be allowed to be taken in on-duty, not driving status. So pretty much fueling, things like that are going to count as break time now. Other thing, makes modifications to the split sepa berth provisions of the rule. This is going to give you guys greater flexibility in how you split your break. So you're going to be able to get hours back with with different 
different versions in the 8-2 split. And then uh, also there, well, no, that's actually it. Those are the four main points. I got a, got myself a note here, and we already covered the first note, talking about uh, we don't really know when this is going to go into effect. I think the biggest thing I took away from it after, you know, reading through that when we first got that article a week or, week or so ago was that I think typically when we, we hear about these changes that are going to happen, tip, typically we think it's going to be a negative effect on the industry and especially for the drivers. And I, I think this is a, a very positive thing coming out of this. So, yeah, um, no, I, I couldn't agree more. And, you know, the uh, to see organizations like the OOIDA and the ATA, um, wholeheartedly be happy with this change it's not perfect it doesn't give everything that everybody wanted but it really is an improvement on what we've been doing absolutely so um the other only other bit of news that i had is just something to keep out there uh obviously you guys know that you've been able to get uh, hand sanitizer at the terminals and if you've been following greg Orr's posts on workplace you know that we've got uh, he's been he's been using his ford pickup to run supplies up to the terminal in joplin and we've been filling our own little bitty bottles out of bulk um and i just want to remind everybody that the ata also is supplying 55 gallon barrels of sanitizer at various locations across the country uh, those are there. They've got pumps on them so you can refill your supplies. Uh, so there is a map available at trucking.org slash COVID-19. So we'll make sure that link is is on all the channels this is posted on as well. So you have that available to you. It's really good to see, you know, everybody from, you know, just individuals out there parked in the rest areas in different places all the way up to folks like the ATA and that stepping up and making sure our drivers are able to to be safe as they're they're getting their jobs done every day no doubt and i'm sure many of you have already experienced just the the overwhelming gratitude of the general public and you you've we you can't you can't go on to any trucking social media channel right now and not see a post about hey i just ran into this great family they were handing out lunch bags you know it, little things like that are are making you know all of you guys out there as an essential making the job a little bit easier with people out there caring for you. So it's definitely great to see. Well, with that said, we're going to get to our next guest. Uh, pretty excited about this. If anybody's been on Workplace and, and uh, following photos from the road, you've probably seen this guy post about more about sushi than anything else. <laughs> uh, Mr. Stephen Radford, uh, excited to have him on the show. And we are back. We are now joined by professional driver Steve Radford. Steve, welcome to the podcast. Welcome. Thanks very much. I appreciate it, Adam. We are uh, we're we're very glad to have you here. And uh, you know what what we like to do uh, when we when we have drivers on, we we like to spend time getting to know you know who who's here because you know it's amazing the 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 varying different type of people that are out there running trucks and it's kind of neat to kind of get your story. So if you don't mind, I'd just like to ask, where are you from, Steve? Well, I was born in uh, Montreal, Quebec, Canada and 1954. <laughs> I guess I just gave away my age, but that's all right. <laughs> and, uh, spent, uh, really from, from then until 1983 in Canada and in Quebec, Ontario, Alberta, British Columbia, and then uh, moved to the United States in 1983. Uh, my backgrounds uh, mostly, actually now trucking kind of uh, is the high side of that. 
but I was a uh, in the hotel industry for a number of years. Uh, worked for two different hotel companies, uh, Weston Hotels, and then uh, the, the last uh, hotel company I worked for was Four Seasons, uh, and that moved me to the United States to Houston originally for a whopping uh, eight hours, and, and that's. Uh, um, another story, but, uh, I ended up in Dallas, uh, with a, uh, athletic facility, which was rather humorous because, uh, I was uh, a two and a half pack a day smoker, uh, ate nothing but red meat and eggs and, you know, uh, butter and all the things that, uh, you weren't supposed to eat and, uh, ended up running the Las Colinas sports club for about two and a half years, uh, until they built the hotel next door and I moved over there. Um, and then I just got tired of, uh, all the moving politics and, and things like that took, uh, I guess about a year and a half off and, um, was sitting at a restaurant on interstate 35 when I, uh, saw all these series of red Kenworths with the, uh, logo CFI on the side of it. And, uh, as a kid, uh, I'd always wanted to drive a truck, actually be a policeman or a fireman. And uh, the trucking part appealed to me because of the travel, which I really enjoy and still do today. Um, anyhow, so I made note of uh, CFI, and it was like one truck after another. I guess we were all probably headed to Laredo at that time. Uh, and this would have been, I'm guessing, around 1993, because I started in 94 with CFI. Um, and lo and behold, I'm still here today after all the bumps and tweaks uh with different company names and so on and uh, i'm certainly glad i stuck it out because it's uh uh it's been really really enjoyable it's had its trying moments like uh, any job does but uh, i really enjoy it it's kind of amazing to think that's that's uh that's pretty storied there it's you know that's a big transition from hotels to to truck driving but um you did say something in there that kind of kind of curious and just catches my attention as, uh, as somebody who's driven a truck before uh, what's it is it different for you crossing the border since since you're from canada do they make it easier on you or is it tougher what do they do well no it uh it isn't any different uh than uh, i'm i became a, a u.s citizen i probably should have mentioned that in uh 2017 december the 7th to be exact so now of course i have a, a u.s passport versus a canadian one uh customs did to to some extent kind of look at my passport a little bit, you know, because they, they see I drive for an American company and I've got a Canadian passport. So that kind of got a couple of looks, but uh, nothing that ever held me up at the border or caused any kind of problem. Let's just go for the, uh, let's go for the America versus Canada here, Steve, Tim Hortons versus Starbucks. Well, I hate to tell you this. I'm not a good person to ask because I don't frequent either one. I, and I know that, uh, you know, being Canadian, that was almost, uh, you know, that was, uh, that was, that was not a good thing because, uh, uh, I know, I don't know if both of you guys have been up here, but, uh, they are uh, very, very popular with, uh, you know, the Canadians that live up here. I'm a tea drinker. Um, so that's, you know, part of the reason. And I know both do have teas available, but I just have this thing in my head that paying, you know, five, six and $7 for, uh, frappe latte, whatever, uh, is just a little bit excessive, but they are both very popular. And as a matter of fact, over the years, um, I've brought uh, several cases of, uh, 
Tim Hortons coffee down to uh, folks in Joplin uh, that really enjoy that, uh, you know, special blend, I guess, that they have. Well, well, I can tell you, we, we were leaning one way with that. And, you, you know, the, the Tim Hortons is pretty popular in the in the terminal. Yeah, I, I, would, also pick, I would also pick that <laughs> Tim Hortons for sure. Well, you know, the the big issue, obviously, the, of the last couple of shows that we've all been talking about is the COVID-19. And we've had folks on from the office and we wanted to get one of our professional drivers takes on this and um, what are some of the big takeaways that you've seen through this, you know, maybe struggles or even maybe on the positive side of things, what have, you know, what have you seen from the driver's window? Sure. Well, the positive, um, of course, initially was just the, the noticeable um, lack of traffic, um, even in areas like LA, which are, you know, um, I don't know how many people live out there, but uh, their traffic was down by, it had to be at least 60 or 70%. So um, it was kind of enjoyable. And obviously now that more and more states are getting back into, uh, you know, partial swing, you can, you can definitely see the traffic increasing and uh, more motor homes on the road. So people are trying to get back to normal, but initially, um, it really didn't bother me. Um, you know, you, the, the job that we perform, you're pretty much isolated anyhow. But it was nice at the end of the day maybe to sit down and have a meal and, you know, strike up a conversation with someone. And, of course, that wasn't really open to us because uh, you couldn't do any dining. Everything was takeout. So you might talk to a guy briefly at the cash register when you're paying for your meal. But the two of you part ways with bag in hand on your way back out to your truck to eat your dinner. So um, I found myself initially spending more time in the truck than I really wanted to. And then I, what I did is I kind of changed my routine rather than do my walk in the morning. Um, I would do it before dinner in the evening so that I was, uh, you know, getting fresh air and exercise, which I do on a regular basis anyhow, but, uh, and then eating my meal, you know, so uh, uh, that kind of helped. Um, when the TA and Petro eliminated um, the takeout portion and basically shut down their their restaurants uh, from from the takeout standpoint, and I understand why they did that. Um, some were frequented fairly well, and and other ones weren't. As a matter of fact, I happened to be in one of the TAs in Moriarty, New Mexico, and I got there. I want to say around three o'clock in the afternoon, and asked the waitress just out of curiosity how many you know meals she had served. And she said, well, I was like the seventh or eighth guest. Well, it really didn't warrant them obviously staying open to only produce seven meals for, you know, that length of time. Um, but then it became awkward because the only other thing you really had available, unless you had uh, big box restaurants uh, available where you could use the app and, you know, pre-order your food and then go walk over and pick it up. Um, I found myself using uh, DoorDash, Postmates, and uh, Uber Eats quite a bit. Um, you know, to, to uh, continue to try and eat uh, as healthy as I possibly could out on the road. Um, the truck stops, the other thing, too, and, and more recently, um, in the last uh, three weeks, uh, haven't been as full, typically, as, as what they would uh, be normally with, you know, this time of the year, um, as, as far as, you know, my memory uh, goes. Um, and then the varying... I guess restrictions somewhat depending on the shipper receiver. Some didn't want 
masks or didn't require masks. Uh, some did. Some required masks and gloves. Uh, I had a uh, lady in California actually spray me with um, some sort of, uh, um, not Clorox, but um, some sort of aerosol. I thought she was just going to spray my hands, but she did kind of the head to the toe thing. So that kind of surprised me. But that that didn't happen. That was, uh, you know, on a frequent basis. That was only one time. Um, so really just those those few things, you know, the, the absence of traffic, which now is starting to get back to somewhat normal, the, um, the unavailability of being able to sit down and eat, um, you know, uh, rather than do takeout. Um, and then the varying uh, restrictions uh, when it came to shippers and receivers. So, Steve, just so everybody's aware, you're you're actually on a on your cell phone on a call in Canada as we as we speak. Um, one question: Is there are they operating any differently up there? I'm, I'm assuming they're handling things kind of on the same level as we are. And what was that border crossing like when you went across the border just recently? Well, I was surprised. This is the second time I've been across. The first time I went across, there was uh, Canada hadn't, and I'm trying to think, it was like early April, and they hadn't reacted like the United States yet, meaning restaurants were still open, um, there was no requirements for masks and so on, um, and traffic was normal. Uh, this time, going across the border, uh, was uh, you, you had to have a mask on. There, as a matter of fact, uh, when you got to the customs, Canada customs, there was a sign on the outside window that said, uh, you must have a mask. And, and I have plenty in my uh, glove box as well as gloves. And, and thanks to Greg and, and everybody at CFI for the, the hand sanitizer and all the other stuff that you supplied for us. Um, and the customer I delivered at in uh, Guelph, Ontario, they required a mask. Um, you had to have your own pen. Uh, you, you know, you, they weren't providing you with a pen to sign in or, or sign out. Um, you weren't allowed on the dock or in the facilities. Um, they were eliminating, eliminating, sorry, limiting it to one driver uh, at a time in the check-in area. Um, and the restaurant actually parked at the Flying J uh, at exit 189 uh, in London, Ontario. And I went in to grab myself a nice tea before this. And uh, Denny's is still shut down, and uh, all they basically have is their food counter and, uh, you know, takeout sandwiches, pizza, and things like that. So they're still down, I, I'm assuming, in somewhat uh, still full lockdown. You know, with, with everything that's, <clears throat> you know, you're facing, are you taking any different steps, you know, to prepare for your day in comparison to what you used to do? Somewhat. Um, I'm using uh, certainly a lot more wet wipes than I've ever used in my life. Um, I'm a fairly sanitary guy anyhow, um, but I find myself sanitizing my cab a lot. Um, you know, when I get up in the morning, I, I'm uh, wiping down the, the dash and the steering wheel, and then obviously with a different wet wipe, my hands and so on. Um, and then I'm going inside and I'm washing my hands and using the restroom and then washing my hands again and you know, uh, washing my face as well. Um, and I'm carrying hand sanitizer in my pocket. So, um, I'm, I'm just, every time I come in contact with folks, I'll go ahead and sanitize myself, uh, in whatever form, you know, I, like I said, I just went into the, into the, uh, flying J here to buy a nice tea. And the next thing I did when I got back in the cab and pulled into park, 
as I pulled out a wet wipe and I went ahead and wiped down the, the uh, bottle and I wiped down my hands and I wiped down the steering wheel again. So um, from from that standpoint, yes, I'm I'm also staying, you know, trying to exercise the social distancing as much as I possibly can um, to prevent, uh, you know, possible contamination because I'm kind of in that age group at 65, soon to be 66, uh, that is vulnerable. Uh, luckily, um, I'm only on blood pressure medicine, um, but, uh, you know, I do have certain vulnerabilities. So I, I think I might be a little bit more cautious than someone of, uh, you know, that's in their 20s or whatever because of, uh, you know, because of my age and, and, uh, and the health. Then. You know, Steve, one of the things that I've seen in just from a personal aspect, my family, we just got out uh, last weekend and went to one of the local state houses in Joplin and we noticed that it was the seating was, you know, every other one. And obviously there's you know, social distancing and we we're all spaced out. And it was actually kind of nice because typically in the in the past, pre-COVID-19, we would go in there and I mean, it was packed. Um, it was kind of almost enjoyable. And it's like, man, I hope if we take anything away from this, I hope it's we keep it like this. Um, from your aspect of being out there on the road, is there anything that you would like to keep? Is there anything that you would, you know, noticing anything like that from your aspect of being on the road? Is is there anything that you would like a positive to keep keep going forward and and say, hey, that we could keep doing this? That'd be all right with me. Yeah, I think. Uh, I mean, I've uh, so far uh, in the last uh, week and a half, I've had the ability to actually dine in. One time was in Oklahoma, and I unfortunately I've forgotten where the other place was. And, oh, I know where it was, Hill, Missouri. And uh, they had what they had done. They had seating for I want to say maybe eight people uh, at their counter, which is where I prefer to sit because I don't like taking up a table just for myself. And what they had done is they had removed the seats, not the seat itself. I mean the seat cushion. Pardon me. So you'd be sitting on basically a post. Uh, so they were they were you know trying to exercise the social distancing, and it looked like they had removed probably half their tables. You know I. I agree with you. I go to Outback quite a bit. Um, I don't know if that's the steakhouse you went to, but uh, generally when I go in there, it's crowded. It's, it's uh, you know, depending on the day of the week. It would be nice, I think, to have it a little bit more spaced out, a little quieter and, and, and not so crowded. But uh, with my background in hotels and restaurants, uh, I, I realize the, the math just doesn't work out from that standpoint for them. They, uh, you know, you figure they've been shut down for what, um, six or eight weeks almost, I think. Uh, from start to finish, yeah, and now they're only into what twenty five percent capacity. So the sad thing is, unfortunately, a lot of these smaller places just won't reopen because they just don't have even with the with the government assistance. I don't think they're gonna they're gonna reopen, and that's the sad part. Yeah, um, a- from a pot from a positive, um, I, I like like I said, I'm a I'm a pretty hygienic guy. Um, I think I'll continue even though. Um, you know, this, this will eventually perhaps go away. Uh, it's certainly opened up my eyes, uh, how important hygiene and not coughing, you know, openly kind of in a crowd and things like that. So I'm hoping that, uh, folks will, you know, have that as a good takeaway, just be a little bit more conscious of what effect, uh, their health has perhaps on, on others. Well, Steve, that's a good message. And you're right. I think, uh, I think if there's anything we've all learned is maybe that, 
you know, maybe we can wash our hands a little more. Maybe we, you know, just to kind of watch out for each other. And, um, you know, I appreciate you bringing that up. Now, we're getting a little bit tight on time here. And so I want to give you some quick fire questions. These probably be some of the more sure. fun ones for you. Okay. And a little bit on sure. the spot, but let's just see what you can do here. Best memory from, from your, from the recent history. I would say probably three, and I may have the months wrong, is, um, Going over Snoqualmie Pass uh, down into North Bend, Washington on a clear day um, with the sun setting. That was just unbelievable. I mean, it was like a, driving into a postcard. It was, there was no wind. The, all the trees are vibrant green. There's glare off the snow banks, clear road, and just a spectacular sunset. That was awesome. Yeah, it's amazing. You perfectly set up the very next question, which which is, is why I think every one of us who, who drove a truck or those of you who still do drive a truck, why we got into it, it, it was the terrain. So what message would you give to potential new drivers or new drivers who are just getting started today? I would say that uh, – the I think one of the biggest obstacles or the self-inflicted obstacles is self-inflicted stress. Um, I've always not worried about things I don't have control over. So if the weather's bad, I mean, we have the captain of the ship program, so there's not stress from that standpoint. We can shut down whenever we feel um, that it's not, doesn't warn us from a safety standpoint to proceed. Um, and just enjoy it. I mean, it. There's so much country, beautiful. I mean, I, you know, I love Canada. That's that's always my, you know, that's going to be my native homeland to a certain to uh, to some degree. But the United States has got so much to offer. I mean, the you know, from Utah to the plains of Kansas to the mountains of Colorado and Washington and Oregon and the you know, the sandy beaches of Key West, Florida. I mean, it's just, just enjoy it. Um, quite honestly, I don't believe I get paid for doing this. I mean, I just, it's like being on vacation every day. And that's the way I look at it. And that really helps me maintain a, you know, positive outlook and, and uh, you know, positive attitude. Um, because if you do let stress affect you, um, you can get yourself in a whole bunch of trouble, and it's really not worth it. Steve, thanks for your time. Uh, appreciate you coming on to the show. Please take it easy up there in Canada. Safe travels in and out, and can't wait to get to see you again. Okay, buddy? Absolutely. Likewise. We want to thank Steve for joining us again. Always a blast to have any of our professional drivers uh, on, on the show with us. Uh, also, we want to thank the people working behind the scenes to, to make this show happen, Zach and Terry, Caitlin. Uh, without the without this uh, without your guys' support, I know Jeff and I wouldn't be able to do this. You guys, you guys really help us get this thing going. And uh, you know, before we close off today, I know we always like to close with a safety message. Jeff, what do you got for us today? Yeah, it's that time of the year. It's, it's amazing to think about. All of our focus has been on this COVID nineteen pandemic, and like ninety nine point nine percent of it's been there. So we don't want to forget that severe weather season's up. The the hurricanes will be all over the Gulf Coast, up the East Coast. Um, Tropical Storm Arthur did make major landfall, but did bring the wind and rain uh, to the North North Carolina coast in mid-May. We've had a few tornado warnings, Adam, through here through the Midwest, and 
in our area specifically. So just everybody be weather aware as always. Keep your eyes eyes in the sky and always be weather aware. So appreciate everything you guys do for us. Look forward to seeing you next month and I hope you enjoyed all the content.